if we don't do it, Sky will. The Football Podcast. Three friends picking the bones out of the weekend's football. Hello and welcome to episode eight of If We Don't Do It, Sky Will, the football podcast. My name's Alex Gross. I'm a Tottenham Hotspur fan, so I have no games to comment on this week as Spurs have suffered a COVID outbreak. Uh, with me today, as usual, is Nick Gilmer, our resident Man United fan. How are you, Nick? Oi, oi, not too bad. And uh, fresh from a tumultuous game at Stamford Bridge for his beloved Leeds is George Harker. Hello, George. Good evening. I've calmed down now. <laughs> So the theme after this weekend has to be penalties, 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 because that seems to be all that happened. I think we can all agree that this was a below average weekend of Premier League action. Obviously an incredible game at Stamford Bridge, but George was on the wrong end of that result. But everywhere you looked, the big teams won, often with penalties and uh, not much of interest outside uh, the VAR monitor. What did you make of it, George? Have you recovered from the disappointment? I have, and I have endeavoured to come to this pod positive <laughs> as That's much great. as I possibly can. Um, I had all sorts of lines ready for, <laughs> to say that you took the European champions all the way, you gave them a game, you yes. scored two at the bridge, all this stuff, mm-hmm. so no need, yeah. you tell me. I think for a bit of perspective, we, we approached this game with an even more decimated squad than we already had. The price for our last-minute draw at home to Brentford was three more first-team injuries. Liam Cooper, our captain, uh, Calvin Phillips, who's obviously our important cargo we've talked about a lot on this pod, uh, who's out for two months. And on his return, Patrick Bamford, who, although not confirmed, seemingly pulled a hamstring celebrating his equaliser against Brentford. That's right. Thankfully. And all this, all this news came after we last spoke. Yes, this all came in the week. Uh, compounded on top of that was Robin Koch, our German defender who's coming back from three months out, was ill. Rodrigo got injured in training on Friday. <laughs> all right, let's, a, a weekend uh, let's talk about who was there, please. <laughs> the people, yeah. I think everyone feared the worst anyway, being away at Chelsea. With all those injuries, I think a lot of Leeds fans probably just wished it was over give them a 3-0 win and let's move on. But what we saw, very, very, very similar to Tottenham away last month, was a brilliant first-half performance that no one expected. Chelsea could not break us down. We had the better chances, albeit we scored from a penalty. The first of the three in the game, which I actually thought was the softest of the three, but obviously when you slow it down and go to VAR, etc., it always looks worse. And probably was a correct decision, albeit quite soft. And Rafinha's horrible, I can't get used to it, horrible penalty run-up was very, very close to Mendy. I think he really should have saved it, to be honest. That gives you the heebie-jeebies, doesn't it, when he steps up like that? Yeah, I can't watch. I can't watch on my very legal stream that I obviously watched it on. Um, um, so you're yeah, very reminiscent of Spurs away. You took the lead deservedly and then it, everything just kind of went a bit awry. But a good performance nonetheless in the first half. Second half... Their first penalty, I have absolutely no arguments with. I cannot believe it even went to VAR. It wasn't just given in real time. That's right. This is uh, Rafinha on Rudiger because yes. uh, Rudiger won the, both of Chelsea's penalties. Yes, the very definition of a striker's challenge, I think you'll agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't know who he thought he was tackling because Rudiger was going absolutely nowhere. Um, there were a couple of those this weekend. So as I, as I yes. mentioned, lots of penalties, but also a lot of stupidity from 
defenders mm-hmm. or like you say some strikers Agreed. in the wrong place another yeah. one that was awful was mm-hmm. the last minute tackle mm-hmm. by the Watford player against Brentford uh, forget yes. his name but I think he'll be glad I forgot his name yeah, I'm sure he's I listening think he has previous as well chucking points away at the end of the match <laughs> they equalised still in the first half didn't they and I noticed that yeah yeah I noticed mm. that uh, who's your number 15 it's Stuart Dallas the Cookstown the- Cafu Sorry, the what? It's affectionately known as the Cookstown Cafu, and it's been enhanced by the fact that a Sky commentator last season said he was must be overdue an England call-up. He's as Northern Irish as they come. <laughs> One wonders if Cafu is aware of this high praise. So I'm sure he is. But but yes, yes uh, I remember watching him for Northern Ireland at the Euros, of course. But he was, uh, what I was going to say, he was shoved in the face, wasn't he, by Alonso in the build-up? I, I don't know. I think he'd already lost the ball and it made the most of it. Um, obviously, defending Alonso, I'd never do that. But I, it wasn't a foul for me and Dallas didn't even really appeal for anything. Um, but I'm, I'm sure what you will have seen is uh, Mason Mount's celebration shushing the away fans. Yes. So that's uh, the Derby beef, isn't it? (laughs) He must surely be young enough. Yeah, of course it will be. Really needs to let that one go. (laughs) But a very soft goal. And he was completely unmarked, which is very disappointing, albeit with a very makeshift defence that we had. That was the only way they were going to score. I think the other way I was going to sort of caveat this game was I think we're very the best time to play Chelsea I think we talked about it last week like they're, they're in a bit of a rut yeah wobbles standards. Um, they have the wobbles I think we're now responsible probably for giving them a, a boost with this yeah. win um, unfortunately so apologies for that so yeah second half yeah, Stonewall penalty for me and obviously Jorginho has got a point to prove after his recent um, mishaps and his horrible run-up his version of it as well I, I feared the worst then because it was all Chelsea attacks um, so yeah. when Joe Gelhart came on and scored yes. his first touch and came on on I've, 82 minutes 19 year old yes. Joe Gelhart whom you told us about a few weeks mm-hmm. ago yeah yeah, brilliant, a brilliant team goal I've watched it back a few times some lovely passing I Real bet you have Bielsa ball we're used to watching and I've, I've actually watched it back and I think it was his only touch of the yeah. entire time he was on the pitch which obviously was only 15 minutes um, um, you could tell he didn't really know what to do because he, he didn't really celebrate at first. I think he, he was surprised even himself. But um, a good boost for the young lad and and hope he's involved more now with that goal. And then the real and then in injury time, I suppose yeah. we all knew it was coming. Uh, two minutes into added time, Mason mm-hmm. mounts beavering away on the left side. He plays it into Rudiger, who's very high up, taking it upon himself to to find a winner. And so he mm. did when uh, Click. Yes, Matthias Klick. Matthias Klick kicked his leg. Rudy going nowhere. He's back to goal. He's going absolutely nowhere. It was so, so silly. I think on Saturday you you were irate, uh, to put it mildly, and you told me that it was soft, but on reviewing it you can see that it was just a daft action by the defender. Absolutely. It is the right decision. I don't it doesn't matter how small the contact is when you're gonna go down like Rudiger did and yeah. being such a big man, it, yeah. it just um accentuates that. Yeah, absolutely, no complaints. I think it's is soft, but it's a penalty all the same. Yeah, an absolute sucker punch. Really is it's it's funny. We've gone from fearing the worst and just wishing the game away and almost that would have been easier to stomach losing in that sense. Which, yeah, that old chestnut. Yeah. Yeah. But it, the performance is great, and if we play like that, we'll be absolutely fine. Obviously, it's more that's the sixth game of the season. We've been one nil up and not one, and that really needs to stop because one of Bielsa's best stats used to be winning from winning positions, and it seems to have all gone out the window. So I met, yeah, I made that sixth game at Newcastle, West Ham, Leicester, Spurs, Brentford, now Chelsea. So and not but, won any of those games. But you can take this uh, this 
positive and encouraging performance to the empty hand on Tuesday. Mm. And uh, surely but, points on offer there. Well, we took four points off them last season. There we you go. Know, That's I'd the love, I would love to be their bogey team. That'd be, that'd be very nice. But Rafinha limped off against Chelsea. So if he is added to the injury list, I mean, they're going to have to expand the medical yeah. wing of the training centre at this rate, then we really have no hope. <laughs> but if he can shake off whatever he picked up. Um, so, sounds like you good. need a COVID outbreak. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. A little winter break, like Spurs are having. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, I've already heard Pep today. Oh, has he started the mind games? Has oh, he? yeah, yeah. He said it'd be the toughest game of the season. <laughs> um, he has to he has to adapt his tactics for this game. I'm sure he has to do that for every game. Uh, I yes. don't know if you saw that. what Tuchel said after the game. He, it was a nice quote from Thomas Tuchel saying, when you play against Leeds, you get wild games. <laughs> Can you yes. guess which part of the game is my favourite, George? Just after the full-time whistle. The fisticuffs, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a real throwback. <laughs> One of those ones that they file under, you don't like to see, but you really like to see it. Yeah, yeah. everyone loves to see that. It's fantastic. Really good running halfway across the pitch just to get stuck in. Yeah, for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've no idea what it's even about. <laughs> I think it was just like, yeah, just for old time's sake, let's have a bit of a, a little bit of a to-do. But I'm sure it was a very entertaining game for the neutrals and... Yeah, we just have to take the, the positive performance to uh, Man City away tomorrow. Things Indeed, crossing. yeah. George, I understand uh, Leeds picked up five bookings against Chelsea and <laughs> yes. they go into the City game with a few players on the brink of suspension. How do you feel yes. about the uh, the dirty Leeds allegations? Oh, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. <laughs> We, we after winning the fair play award you know two years ago it's nice to be back where we belong yeah thankfully some of those aforementioned injuries were people on tightrope so it do, do them good to be out the side and because i think it wipes at christmas is that right does it wipe after christmas or oh um, i hadn't realized that that's interesting yeah mm-hmm. maybe after halfway after the 19th game yeah bet that, that sounds yeah. right yeah, which we're obviously fast approaching right excellent and of course also before we next speak you've got the gooners coming to ellen road so i'd love to see some uh some proper physical stuff from leeds on that yes. so we kind of need Arsenal to go back full circle right because they yeah. play really well they're going to get in Europe and then they implode and want Arteta out so we need to be the end of that curve come Saturday hopefully yes crossed. looking forward to it so Nick Manchester United we commented on the impressive clean sheet in Rangnick's first performance last week against Crystal Palace at Old Trafford after a, a midweek dead rubber as to use your words in the Champions League United went to Norwich got another clean sheet but this was one of those that you have to just ascribe to David De Gea or Dave the save as you call him isn't it Oh yeah, 100%. It's just so good to see him back to his best. Yeah. If we were in a title fight, this is the sort of one where you win ugly and you walk away and you go, that's three points closer to the title. Oh yes, you showed title form, yeah. Yeah, United are 100% not in a title fight and being battered for the best part of 90 minutes by the worst team in the uh, in the league is not a good look um, nor is having your goalkeeper man on the mat but another soft penalty to the rescue and yeah. uh, Ronaldo made no mistake three points and Ralph's army goes marching on well it's interesting that you call that a soft penalty I thought of all the penalties this weekend that was the one where we saw the least evidence presented on match of the day I did see that there was Max Ahrens's arm on his neck or around his neck but um, yeah it was yeah interesting it was... to hear you from your perspective say that was soft if that was given against you you'd be furious the defender's been daft and he's given the referee yeah again I would say there there was a lot of stupid defending this weekend because that was one where as they said on match of the day the ball was too high even for Ronaldo to jump for so just let it go yeah yeah and it was yeah they probably would have taken a point were it not for that penalty um maybe more as well but I mean it was 
pretty unnoteworthy game. It's definitely not going on the DVD highlights at the end of the year. <laughs> uh, except maybe some of those saves. Yeah, the one from Puki was especially especially good replay. Yeah, and of course um, it's always even more interesting when I've confidently p- predicted that United would batter them in yeah. the previous pod. <laughs> yeah, and uh, my tweet of the week was the uh, the fellow, uh, again, I'm sorry, I, I forget who to credit this to, but um, the fellow who pointed, at, pointed out the picture of Ronaldo's celebration with lots of Norwich fans filming it in the background. Yeah. He said, uh, those filming it deserve of relegation <laughs> exactly couldn't agree more lots of chances for Norwich late on I think the big ones that have been replayed actually were offside and, and wouldn't have counted if they had scored but again David De Gea being yeah that's right Kabak had a header at the far post uh, that was actually offside but it but uh, David De Gea didn't know that and made a great save yeah I would say that Dean Smith's got Norwich playing and yes. they're not going to go down without with, with that sort of whimper that I think everyone expected when yeah who was it Jamie O'Hara I think claimed that they were a waste of a space in the league and oh, that uh, genius they certainly weren't on Saturday evening what else did Jamie O'Hara say recently that we commented on that was really imbecilic I mean there's a lot to choose from I'm sure yeah. but <laughs> does anyone remember he, he claimed all the majority of Leeds fans had turned on Bielsa which I've, I've has no <laughs> foundation whatsoever I think he's just dying a Twitter row for no reason well, I also really enjoyed Tim Sherwood, Sherwood yes. saying that basically United have appointed a competition winner. Well, I was going to say, we must have mentioned this last week and he's not dropped it, has he? He's mentioned no, it again during down. the week. He must have history with him of some sort <laughs> being rejected or something's happened there. Well, I think he realises that he is the competition winner who stole a living for two years as a top flight manager. Yeah. So another three points for United and Rangnick. There is perhaps some worries about how you allowed Norwich to play and have so many chances. However, um, there must be increasing positivity around United now. I'm just trying to see what your next game is. It's, uh, it's meant You're going to Brentford, aren't you? Yeah. Which we've said before, live games, especially against top teams at Brentford this season, are going to be well worth a watch. And uh, this might be another on Tuesday evening. Yeah, if it happens, which we'll presumably come on to talk about. Oh, right. Yeah. So you have your own uh, outbreak there. And then we also have this strange story of uh, Lindelof being subbed off with breathing difficulties, but he's apparently okay now. Yeah, I have to say it wasn't clear in the drinking establishment I found myself in on Saturday evening that (laughs) that's why he was subbed off. But there was the the collective inhalation of breath as Eric Bailly comes trotting on. And yeah, I mean, it sounds like Lindelof was precautionary and it sounds like he's very much in the mix to start the next match. So hopefully nothing untoward going on there. Okay, so your game is in doubt, is it? Yeah, it sounds like, well, they've closed the training ground. So again, Ah, it makes the Brentford game more interesting to watch given United haven't done anything since the match against Norwich. If it does go ahead, that is. But I think it sounds like, as per across the country, it is ripping through Premier League clubs and United in the latest. Um, So they've not travelled yet and they have placed a huge question mark over the match. Although they haven't decided yet, and I guess we'll get told tomorrow. Uh, Brighton and Aston Villa being two other clubs who have got outbreaks and aren't currently training. So it's not looking good across the board. Yeah, we could have severe disruption just like uh, everywhere else in the country and society, I suppose. Speaking of Steven Gerrard, he was, of course, the subject of a great big narrative klaxon at Anfield on Saturday. I'm sure that delighted you, Nick. I missed that. Did he used to play for one of those two teams? (laughs) Yeah, well, it was actually another team that he played for that caught me off guard uh, when the commentator on Match of the Day mentioned that he left in 2015 to play one season for LA Galaxy. And that completely passed me by. I was really convinced that he was a one-club man right to the end. Alongside Robbie Keane. You don't remember that, no? 
I don't. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I can't I, believe it was six years ago, to be honest. Yeah, um, isn't it? But, uh, so um, Mane went down for a penalty early in this game, denied by uh, Stuart Atwell. Then Robertson went down in the area. I think both of those were in tangles with Matty Cash, who seems to be everywhere. Um, another penalty denied. And I think that all of this uh, had a cumulative effect, that kind of cumulative effect when the fans feel that there's been injustice earlier in the game and the referee feels it, feels the heat. And then uh, just after the hour mark, Salah is taking on uh, your favourite, George Tyrone Mings, in the penalty area. And he just sort of, he knows exactly what to do, as pointed out by the strikers in the Match of the Day studio. And he sort of puts his leg in front of Tyrone Mings, ensuring that there will be contact. And and so it is soft, it's frustrating. But at the end of the analysis, I, I agreed with the Match of the Day studio that it was essentially a penalty. It was it was bought and sold, as it were, but it was it had to be given. Would you agree? I thought there was part of the rule which I probably should have researched before, apologies, but about unnatural movement mm. to prevent these things from happening. To me, that was unnatural movement. Just to clarify, Mings, I think, is a cart horse and <laughs> is not one of my favourites, but he did nothing wrong. He was chasing the ball alongside Salah. And I think if you, it's, it's the Ashley Young movement, isn't it? Sorry, Nick, but it's the Ashley Young stick your leg out where it's not really meant to be and draw a foul. I think that was yeah, not as flagrant weekend. as Ashley Young, but maybe yeah. not. Maybe not. <laughs> I know, of actually, course, was turning out for Stephen Gerrard's uh, exactly. Uh, but um, I actually thought more should be made of Allison. He had two more yeah, blunders in this game, and that second one. I didn't think they looked at that enough. I'm not sure he got any contact on the ball when he went to, he completely misjudged it and then went to, I think it was Danny Ings, he went to punch the ball and just punched his shin. I, That's I right. Thought. He rushes out of his area, um, mm. misjudged for the second time in the game, as you said. He plays yeah. the ball off Matip and then it sort of looks like Danny Ings is going to get to it and uh, Alisson's flailing around and they showed a, a zoom angle that shows um, that shows he got a hand to the ball, but it was, it was very dodgy. And uh, on a day when Liverpool looked otherwise comfortable... Um, he did make it a bit nervy for the Anfield crowd, didn't he? Yeah. You'd think his position would be in jeopardy, but I guess when Carrius is back up, then... Oh, is he still safe. there, is he? I think he's still in the books, yeah. I'm not okay. sure if he makes the bench, but he's definitely there in the background. I know he's got a lot of credit in the bank, Alisson, but that is quite regular now, his blunders. Annoyingly, they never seem to cost them, though. They yeah, seem to Ger- get away with it. Gerard but- certainly did think it was a penalty, didn't he? He was mightily mm, cheesed I off. definitely agree. Yeah. So let's go to one more leader, one of the triumvirate at the top of the league at the moment, with a game settled by a single goal from a penalty, and that's City at home to Wolves. This was quite um, incident-packed, especially because of that uh, sending off by Raul Jimenez. You watched this too, didn't you, Nick? Yeah, I saw it. I cannot believe the stupidity. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, what came to pass really compounded their misery because that is not a penalty. Yeah, so uh, of all the high-profile penalties this weekend, I thought this was the worst decision. Like I said, there are some others that involved some subtlety and slight dissembling from top players in the league, but they were they all had to be given in the end, I thought. But this one, just for anybody who didn't see it, was a cross from Bernardo Silva on the right-hand side. Moutinho is in the box and he raises his arm, which obviously gives the referee decision to make so it wasn't a great way to defend that cross but certainly from the angles that we saw on match of the day it seemed to hit him in the ribs first if it did hit him in the arm then and the VAR explanation that they could not find a definite angle to overrule the decision is very strange when the TV coverage gives us such an angle. Uh, That penalty was converted by Sterling 
City 1-0 up late in the game. There was a terrible miss by a Jack Grealish later on that was quite funny. And also Kilman had a header that was saved by Edison, I think, just touched over the bar. So it was a good performance by Wolves, especially with 10 men second half. But you can't imagine that, that Raul's teammates were, would be too happy with him for that action. <laughs> So, who wants to praise Arsenal's performance against Southampton so I don't have to? No, oh, thank you. No. Next. <laughs> I will comment on Aubameyang again. This is the yeah, Aubameyang time. disciplinary absence. Yeah. What a great captain role model he's proving to be. <laughs> much longer, I think he's going to get he's going to lose it, isn't it? But what I don't understand is the clamour to give it to uh, to Ramsdale. Didn't I think the alternative think, yeah. is Granite Xhaka, who, sh- who throws his shirt on the floor, so it's not much choice for leaders at that club. Okay, I'll say it though. Credit where credit's due. The first goal was really lovely. The one finished by Lacazette, great movement. Um, oh yeah, but that was that was inches from getting cut out as they played out from the back. <laughs> and I then Southampton were just a bit ropey, to be honest. But yeah, the scoreline flattered them. Southampton are sinking a bit, aren't they? They are below Leeds now uh, on goal difference. George joining you on uh, sixteen points down there on fifteenth and sixteenth place, where it's all quite precarious. Tell me about it. The other thing I'd say was uh, Saka looked good just from the highlights he's cutting in from the right hand side and hitting the post and whatnot and it's great to see him playing well on Friday night Brentford Watford we've just mentioned very late drama with another penalty but that one was as clear cut as it gets Watford six defeats in seven league games so when we spoke about how uh, Claudio Ranieri's tenure there might not last too long I think uh, that prediction's looking good at the moment who did they beat well, they had you. a good game against them. Was, was <laughs> 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 they thrashed United, yeah. Uh, Brentford also won very, very late on at West Ham, if you remember. So they are a team to watch out for. They nearly nearly got something against Chelsea as well. Pontus Janssen heading in their first goal. He's one of yours, isn't he, George? Yeah, and out of contract in summer, bizarrely, because yeah. I think he's their captain, isn't he? So that's interesting. He's trying to get a good Premier League season under his belt. I think Brentford will be absolutely fine. I know they had a bit of a dip recently, but they've got plenty about them. I didn't they'll get dragged into it. I think they'll be fine. Well, they're top half now, aren't they? They're just on, they're on 10th, uh, 20 points now, Brentford. And in a losing cause, I wanted to say something about Emmanuel Dennis, the uh, Nigerian they got from Club Bruges, because he's a bit of a sensation in the league this season. Seven goals and five assists. So he's fourth on the uh, sort of goals and assists chart behind only Salah, Vardy and Jota, ahead of Ronaldo with his assists. So They get these absolute gems, don't they? Yeah, great signing. Now and yeah. Again. Um, like Saar, they don't know how they kept hold of him. It's so. all a bit dodgy and a bit murky with the Udinese, <laughs> Udinese links, but uh, Emmanuel Dennis can't do anything about that, can he? So let's just praise him individually. And then on Sunday, we had Leicester, the good Leicester, we always say uh, we don't know which Leicester's going to turn up, but they are bouncing back a little bit. As I said, I thought they needed Madison back, and he is back with a bang. And they uh, thrashed Newcastle 4-0. George, you saw a bit of this? Uh, yeah, I watched it. It's the Leicester you absolutely love to watch. Yeah. They were absolutely, um, albeit against Newcastle, who they, <laughs> they were very, very poor. Like, I, I don't care what they do in January. Like, they, they are very bad, but... You still have to beat what's put in front of you. And I thought, yeah, some of Leicester's passing through Madison, I think every single goal went through Madison was brilliant. And I know we've praised Tielemans before in this pod. Um, Two for Tielemans. His finishing for a, what would you call, like a number? Six or an eight. Yeah, (laughs) probably go for an eight. He's got such a wonderful uh, technique. Yeah, if this Leicester can be this consistent, they might throw away the Champions League's place again. (laughs) (laughs) They might get in a position to throw it away, yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
But yeah, it's good to see. I think I'm not sure many people don't like Leicester. I think a lot of people like to see them play well. Um, yeah. With their core of young English players as well. Um, it's good and a lot see. of people like laughing at the tune at the moment. Oh, yeah. One more game closer to relegation. Jesse Lingard, Nick, what do you think about those rumours? I mean... He's better than that, question. isn't he? He's not the player I'd want in a relegation fight. It worked for West Ham. Well, they weren't in a relegation fight. True. I think... Um, I think, does he want to go to Newcastle? I don't know. Do you know who they need? Someone with the moral integrity and attitude of Obama Yang. Yeah. (laughs) And I think Tony Marshall. Keep an eye on that. I can absolutely see him going. (laughs) All all those unwanted guys are going to end up there. All the players that you really don't want in your (laughs) On massive contracts. In a relegation scrap. (laughs) The Newcastle car boot sale of June 2022. can see it already. So, yeah, good win for Leicester. Newcastle, that's hard for Eddie Howe uh, in his, what is that, his third game, I think. But yeah, that puts them on negative 17 goal difference, just above Norwich, who let in all those goals earlier this season. But like you said, it's a long way still to January till till they can actually sign anyone. And even then, you can't see uh, an easy way out for them. Even then, you've got to attract a player to play in a relegation battle and then yeah. potentially play in the championship. They must surely insert some sort of relegation clauses if they're going to yes, sign these yeah. top players they've been linked with. Yeah, um, some inventive like said, contracts there, yeah. It might be too late, we will see. It might be, yeah. Um, Burnley, West Ham, nil-nil. I asked Will, our friend West Ham fan, who was on a few pods ago, whether that was a good result. He just said no. All I could deduce was that Nick Pope was man of the match. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One of several goalkeepers who should be chosen ahead of Pickford. <laughs> and that is a little bit of a segue to Everton. And we've got to mention it because we were recording last week as they were losing to Arsenal and we were putting the nails in Rafa's uh, coffin there at Goodison. But then uh, amazing end to that game, wasn't it? Damari Gray's stunning goal to win it and uh, a real party atmosphere at Goodison with their first win in, I don't know, what was it, seven or eight games or nine even. Yeah, since Um, September. Classic Arsenal to to be there for that. But then back down to earth at uh, Selhurst this Sunday in a 3-1 defeat to Vieira's Palace. So we've been talking quite a bit about how Vieira looks to have steered them in a good direction there at Palace. But they, they haven't actually won that many games. And I feel that no. this one, prime time on a Sunday, was the win that their performances deserved so far this season. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. It was Personally, it was the final nail in my coffin of the weekend because <laughs> I've mentioned before about how we were so close to signing Colin Gallagher. And yeah, indeed. He, he's a fantasy football star now, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's real talent. And yeah, poor Everton. What was it? Four or five day renaissance. And it's all gone, all gone downhill completely. And do you know who they play next? I don't. They go to Stamford Bridge oh. on uh, Thursday night. They'd be dragged in to that basement battle. Yeah. I don't know. It's going yeah. very badly, isn't it? But, um, I've said it a few times. I really like how Palace play. Another team I think will be absolutely fine with the way they, they play and the, yeah. the goals they're starting to score um, and with Conor Gallagher driving it in midfield. They're, they're, again, it's just nice to see because they've got so many young English players so it makes it more enjoyable to, to watch. Um, and they've now achieved a goal difference of zero and we we spoke recently about how not uh, many teams are managing a positive-level goal difference. Yeah, <laughs> an exclusive club. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so elsewhere last week we had Champions League, didn't we? And uh, I think the best place to start for me in that Group B Liverpool with a with an impressive win from a weakened side at the San Siro against Milan, but um, absolute madness between Porto and Atletico. Atletico won three one in the end, but uh, all sorts going on. George, did you see a bit of this? <laughs> yeah, I say it makes um, what happened at the end of Chelsea Leeds look very tame. Yeah, our old favourite Pepe was right in amongst it, wasn't he? The lovely 
lovely chap. Yeah, he was, he was trying to take out the whole team single-handedly. <laughs> absolutely I saw mad. one journalist say that it was the most liberatorisque match that's ever that's been right, played yeah. in Europe. It was a bit. It was uh, Iberian madness, I would say. Two red cards then. So roughly what happened was Porto got an Atletico player sent off just after the hour mark, and they were 1-0 down at the time. And Porto, if they had won, they they stood a chance to go through. And then just two or three in the two or three minutes that uh, followed that Atletico red card, Simeone's outfit just did an absolute number on uh, Porto in winding them up and and <laughs> getting getting it to, to ten aside. And then uh, a chap called Vendel was sent off, and another another member of the um, of the staff or a player I don't quite remember on the bench was sent off. And uh, Pepe was booked, of course, but it could easily have been more, as we know. Yeah, and then uh, two late goals from uh, Atletico sealed it, and they went through in second place in that group. And then because uh, we're recording on Monday night, we've seen the uh, Champions League draw today or should I say the two Champions League draws after they got the first one wrong and had to redraw and after all that palaver Simeone's Atletico Madrid uh, have got Manchester United Nick so how do you feel about that? My initial reaction is it's going to be men against boys I think we're going to be completely outmaneuvered we've got a team of fairly naive players who have never been past that first knockout round of the Champions League match and they are going to be shithoused out of the Champions League yeah and Simeone is such a master of the dark arts right down to the fact that he wears all black with a black tie for these events (laughs) yeah I can't see a world where United don't raise to some of the bait that will come their way. Yeah. So who's who do you put your money on to uh, Harry to Maguire be, to be sent off? Probably Maguire. Yeah. Maguire will put his foot where it's not meant to be. The player <laughs> will roll and roll and roll and roll, and he'll do that twice within twenty minutes, just like he's done for England before. And I just think it will be a great learning curve. But of course, what you've got in your dressing room now is Ronaldo, who's got so much experience of playing this uh, side, even if it's slightly different personnel. So the Atletico Madrid under Simeone he's played many many times and he knows exactly the worst case scenario of their behaviour he's been he's on got the a wrong end of it many times yeah. he, he beats them off and he does it exactly so, so 25 uh, should... goals in 35 games against them yeah. I can imagine I'm him so taking a, some kind of team briefing ahead of that so overall in the Champions League group stages which are now all done we saw Ajax Liverpool and Bayern Munich win all six of their six group matches we saw Barcelona, because of a 3-0 defeat in an empty stadium in Munich last week, uh, slide into the Europa League, where they have today been drawn against Napoli, which is going to be a fantastic tie. The Maradona derby, if you will. Uh, any others you want to pick out from the Champions League draw today? Oh, just the, the fact that it had to be redone. What an absolute shambles. Yeah. And one of those, you only have one job, lads, and uh, couldn't even do that right. And I haven't yet had a chance to see if Perez has reflected on the fact that they pulled Benfica out in the first round and then Paris in the second. And this is exactly why he wanted a Super League. And yet I'll imagine that he is fairly peed off at not having the the gimme that Benfica probably would have been. Yeah, well done for mentioning that because uh, in the two hours delay between the two draws, between the botch draw and the final draw, um, there were some reports that Real Madrid wanted the redraw to be done from the point of the error, which is after their ball came out against Benfica which just absolutely sums them up doesn't it I think they missed it as well I don't I think 
that they were wrong because I think United they were they forgot to put United in earlier on. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think they were right about that anyway. The whole thing is just too convoluted, isn't it? It's yeah. uh, too too many possibilities for human error with all those pots there. <laughs> what's yeah. what's wrong with good old fashioned warmed balls in a bag? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to comment on Chelsea because I thought with that sumptuous volley away at Zenit on Wednesday night, but put them in second place in their group, they were going to get a hard draw, but they ended up probably getting the easiest team in Lille in both draws. (laughs) Yes, you're quite right, George. Chelsea ended up with the weakest uh, group winner, you would say. Lille came out of that. (laughs) Yeah, Lille came out of that group uh, with Wolfsburg and Sevilla, and uh, Chelsea will take that all day long. Benfica, having avoided Real Madrid in that botched draw, then got Ajax, which I don't think does them too many favours. Man City got Sporting, uh, which is a mismatch, you would have to say. Liverpool go back to Milan against Inter. They will probably come through that, won't they? And down in the uh, southeastern corner of Germany and across the border in Austria, where I've spent a lot of time, as you know, there is uh, an es- essentially a, a regional derby between uh, Red Bull Salzburg or FC Salzburg, as they are called for UEFA competitions, and Bayern Munich. And they did play each other in a group phase a couple of years ago where there were two handsome wins for Bayern. But it's, um, it's just an incredible achievement for Salzburg to get through I can't see them doing anything in this tie as such uh, and getting further. But just to get into the knockout stages is amazing. And I just want to tell you a little bit about Salzburg's um, modern history in the Champions League, because as you know, um, I lived there for a couple of years. Um, Salzburg, for those who don't know, they were taken over by Red Bull in 2005. Uh, a club with a very long tradition in Austrian and European football, reached the UEFA Cup final in the mid-90s as Casinos Salzburg played in purple, you might remember. And in 2005, they were bought out by the Austrian uh, energy drink impresario Mateschitz of Red Bull. And uh, he stripped them of all their history and tradition and changed the colours that they play in and everything and uh, built a new stadium. Complete new start, which obviously caused uh, rancour and disillusionment, to say the very least, among the uh, locals. But for those who want to see top-level football, a lot of people still go to see Red Bull, as they're now known, and uh, are interested. I among them on some occasions. And they made 11... 11 separate attempts to qualify for the Champions League group stages. I looked through this today just because I was um, fascinated by the fact that they've made it into the last 16 now. But just to give you an idea, first time was 2006. They lost to Valencia in the third qualifying round. The following year, they lost the same stage to Shakhtar. Then they lost in the playoff two years later to Maccabi Haifa, then to Hapoel. In 2012, they went out of the second qualifying round to a club called F91 Dudelangi of Luxembourg. Fair play if you've ever heard of them before. A couple of losses to Malmo there. A couple of losses in the playoffs and qualifiers to Croatian teams, Dinamo Zagreb, Rijeka. Uh, 2018, the most recent failed attempt was a playoff loss to Red Star. And then finally, in 2019, you might remember they took their bow in the group stage in a group with Liverpool and with Napoli. And they finished in third place and went to the Europa League. That was because, I suppose, because of Austria's coefficient having risen sufficiently that they uh, qualified straight for the group phase. So they didn't have to go through this nightmare of uh, losing a playoff for a qualifier. And indeed, they've now been in the in the Champions League group stage three years in a row. They're now through to the last 16 against Bayern. So well done to them. Um, How do Austrians feel about the fact that they've won 13 of the last 16 Austrian titles? Yeah, exactly. And the last eight in a row. So yeah, mm. they are extremely unpopular, both in Salzburg because of what they 
it did to the team there and nationwide because they are the nouveau riche and uh, have taken success away from clubs like Rapid. So very similar to the sister club, Red Bull Leipzig or RB Leipzig as they're known. Very unpopular across Germany. Almost as unpopular or similarly unpopular as uh, Bayern Munich. So elsewhere in Europe uh, at the weekend, there's plenty to talk about too. In Serie A, it looks like there could be a four-way race for the title now, now that uh, Atalanta are also involved. Inter won handsomely 4-0 and uh, are threatening to pull away from the others. But Milan are one point behind them. But uh, Napoli, we've been talking about them. We we were worried that we may put the hex on them. And they suffered their second straight defeat, a shock defeat at home to Empoli. And they've now won only one in the last six in the league. And next Sunday, they go to the San Siro to play Milan. So that's an absolutely an absolute must win for them. George, did you see any of this? I didn't. I, d- I did watch their Europa League title against Leicester. And they were yes, Napoli Leicester 3 2. Yeah, they were quite, I mean, they were, I think they were already qualified, but um, yeah, to finish top, this was to finish top, and this game relegated Leicester to the Europa Conference League. Incidentally, yeah, it did a very depleted Leicester, has to be said, uh, mm-hmm. who did a good job of putting up a, a fight, and it also was very interesting because they cut straight to Liga Warsaw. Um, straight yes, after the game for that, a penalty yeah. which if they had scored would have put yeah. Leicester through but they unfortunately missed um, against Moscow so yeah Napoli I think we really have jinxed them they are throwing away it would seem well, I think it's, it's, it's all or nothing next Sunday night against mm-hmm. Milan isn't it and their last visit to uh, Inter their last visit to that stadium to play Inter was an incredible game where they lost 3-2 uh, laid it all on the line but lost to Inter, and that was really the start of this poor run. Uh, so they need something against Milan, who uh, needed Zlatan to get them out of a hole against Udinese at the weekend. Uh, Zlatan with a very late equaliser, another one of his sort of kung fu kicks at a height where most other players would have chosen to head it. But yeah, that was uh, an injury time equaliser to make it 1-1 at Udinese. In Germany, Bayern completed an amazing week because uh, last week we talked a lot about the their 3-2 controversial win over Dortmund. Then they beat Barcelona handsomely, 3-0 in midweek. And then they came from behind to beat Mainz and to go six points clear because, as is usual in the Bundesliga, their rivals stuttered. I praised Leverkusen clearly too much as well because they had an absolutely horrendous collapse away at Frankfurt. They were 2-0 up after 20-odd minutes and lost the game 5-2, which was... Oh, dear. That's terrible. Yeah, I, maybe that was my fault, praising them twice in a row on this pod. Um, and that was also caused to hear Frankfurt's god-awful goal celebration music five times, which uh, I would rather be spared. But yeah, they play um, immediately when the ball has hit the net. They play uh, music over the, um, over the PA that drowns out the cheers of the fans. It's awful. Another team that I've uh, put a jinx on is Union Berlin, who lost to maybe the worst side in all of Europe's big leagues, Kreuter Fürth. Uh, Fürth got their first win of the season, and in winning three points in mid-December, mind, they quadrupled their points tally, i.e. from one to four. So, yeah, you think Newcastle are bad, you haven't seen Fürth. It's good to see. I'd love to see know the last time Union Berlin were higher than their much bigger yeah exactly cross yeah. city and, rivals um, in the league it's good to see I'm sure yeah. they'll bounce back from this yeah and they've mm. got, as I mentioned last week in, in the new year there is a cup derby between the two as well in the last 16 of the DFB Pokal 
just the other headline I'd say from the Bundesliga is the scorer of the winner for Bayern was uh, 18-year-old Musiala. And if you didn't know already, he was born to... A traitor. Yeah, he's very interesting for someone writing a book about England uh, and Germany's football rivalry is he was born to a British Nigerian father and a German mother. And he spent a lot of his youth uh, at Chelsea but he's gone back to Bayern um, in recent years and now plays in the national side, appeared at the Euros, and he's doing very well, and he scored a lovely winning goal uh, late on against Mainz. Chelsea will spend £80 million on him then one day, probably. A swap with Hudson-Odoi, perhaps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and he, I, I remember reading about him. He, he went between England and Germany's youth teams. He, yes. He took him a long time to make his decision, but uh, is now a regular starter for Germany, isn't he? So... Yeah, it's one that got away. One that got away for Southgate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems so. Over in Spain, there was the Madrid derby, and uh, Real Madrid won two 0 But uh, from the highlights, there um, certainly lots of chances for Atletico, and a good game for Thibaut Courtois. It seems uh, Barcelona dropped points again. I think they're down to ninth now. Uh, that was an eighty-sixth minute equaliser from the Argentinian forward Avila. A lovely drive from the edge of the D. Uh, Osasuna fans going crazy. Shabby's uh, almost wish that he could uh, put a shirt on and play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Probably be Shabby's, their best player. <laughs> Shabby's had four games now. He won the first two, but now he's lost one and drawn one. Uh, so uh, needs some results soon, especially now that it's clear that in the new year. Uh, Barcelona will have Thursday night football for the first time in donkey's ears. But perhaps the most interesting result in the Spanish league was Betis, Manuel Pellegrini's Betis, beating uh, erstwhile frontrunner Sociedad 4-0. Um, it was a fairly even first half, but then uh, Betis ran riot in the second half. And they've got so many um, interesting players Alex Moreno, the left fullback or wing back, he scored twice. Uh, he also set up a goal for Juan Mi, who scored 10 league goals this season. Nabil Fekir, the uh, Wunderkind from French football a few few years ago, he scored one. When he uh, signed for Liverpool. Yeah, yeah Nabil Fekir was a, was a target yeah. for Liverpool and many other clubs, yeah. So Betis are playing really, really well, and that's four straight wins for them, and they're up to third, a point behind Sevilla. So um, while Real Madrid have opened up a big lead, it's getting very interesting just behind them with uh, Sevilla, Betis, and Sociedad all together. Sociedad have have imploded a little with only one point from the last 12 now. So it'll be interesting to see where that race goes uh, up to Christmas and beyond. Okay, so before we next speak, once again, we have two match days in the Premier League to come. And we have this uh, midweek round with all three of our teams at home. But again, that's heavily caveated by coronavirus and Omicron and all sorts. As we said, Man United in theory at Brentford, Leeds in theory at Man City. And uh, Spurs, would it would be the first game in quite a while after our uh, COVID break. We've missed three games for either snow or coronavirus now, but we, we're away at Leicester on Thursday night. Uh, also of interest, I think, is West Ham going to Arsenal. Can't see Newcastle getting anything at Anfield on Thursday. What about you? Nope, hope not. And I won't say that very often. <laughs> and then on the coming weekend, you are scheduled at least, Nick, to play Brighton at home in the lunchtime kickoff on Saturday. Yeah, I would say there is a big question mark. If they don't think they're going to be on Tuesday, I assume they're going to pick up more between now and Thursday, Friday. Yeah. So it might be a, an early winter break. Worried about Duncan Duffy? Um, no. <laughs> uh, Leeds Arsenal, as we mentioned. 
and uh, the small matter of Tottenham Liverpool at uh, White Hart Lane or what used to be White Hart Lane on Sunday afternoon but yes watch this space essentially and next time we talk we might just be talking about a lot of postponements and uh, messy rescheduling of the football calendar which is already pretty fraught maybe wishing our games were cancelled I think maybe wishing our games were cancelled indeed yeah (laughs) so thanks very much guys again as usual good luck stay healthy and chat next week cheers Nick cheers and cheers George adios thank you okay bye bye